Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. I have a real issue, and many of you who've tweeted and sent me emails during the week have a real issue as well, with the brother of the Prime Minister lobbying the Federal Public Safety Minister directly, and then neither of them feeling there's a conflict of interest involved. Well, Scott Newark is a special advisor to, was a special advisor to former Public Safety Minister of this country, As you know from his appearances on this program many times, Scott is a former Crown Attorney from Alberta and a former Executive Director of the Canadian Police Association. He was a Special Security Advisor to the Government of Ontario and the Federal Government of Canada and has written uh, on security issues internationally and participated in um, security organizations, anti-terrorism organizations in Washington. Scott, let me just go back to, to the beginning. I talked about what the Supreme Court decided, and then about Judge Noel in 2010. But how did Mohammed Harkat come to the attention of Canada's National Security Services in the first place? What's the beginning of his history in this country? Well, he uh, arrived here in uh, 1995 with uh, a phony Saudi passport um, and his real Algerian passport, and as is always the case uh, with guys like this, okay, he's got 19 different stories and versions and everything else. But essentially, uh, Roy, he arrives in 19, October 1995, and he acknowledges that the Saudi passport is false and claims refugee status. He gets his refugee status uh, about two years later in 1997, and it looks as though there really wasn't sort of any awareness of who he was or where he was coming from. And in fairness, you know, this was pre-9-11, and people were certainly not paying anywhere near as much attention as we do today to this stuff. But it looks like from the materials that I've read in the, uh, the court case that somewhere probably like 1998, 1999, CSIS began to realize that this guy had some connections and was engaged in some activities, and wiretaps on him started around then. And he's actually even um, interviewed over that time period, starting around 1988, 1999, about his background, where he's been, who he's been associating with, what he's doing in Canada, uh, all, of course, which he you know, uh, somehow forgot to tell the uh, people when he was seeking refugee status. And then in December 2002, he was arrested under this special procedure under the Immigration Refugee Protection Act uh, that's called a security certificate. And it was, it's a, a special process okay, uh, laughingly, uh, ironically, meant to expedite the removal of people from Canada who are believed to be security risks to Canada. But as I say, that was in December 2002, so it hasn't quite worked out that way, has it? So these these security certificates have been a subject of some controversy, and the Supreme Court required the federal government to change the certificates, if I remember correctly. It was in the uh, uh, Charkawi case. The... uh, uh, the bottom line, is, and, and Harkat is a classic example of why they aren't working, and it was actually in the Tarkawi case. Tarkawi is one of the five guys that was the subject of these uh, security certificates, and the Chief Justice actually, you know, with a little show of humor in her judgment that, that really upheld the process, told the federal government they had to make a couple of tweaks to it. Uh, she actually said, you know, uh, by the way, this was supposed to expedite the removal of these people, And at the core of the problem, Roy, is the fact that, you know, in our justice system, basically if somebody is facing a negative consequence like, you know, deportation, they're entitled to know the case against them. But on these security certificates, 
you know, the, because the information uh, is believed to be uh, contrary to the national security if it was released, a lot of the information is not re- directly released to the individual the way it would be in a criminal case, which means, guess what? The uh, lawyers get to challenge the process over and over and over again, and, and it's what creates these revolving doors or merry-go-rounds almost on this process with the re- cases coming to court over and over and over again. And the legislation itself also lacks I, – I once described the Immigration Refugee Protection Act and the Youth Criminal Justice Act as two of the worst drafted bills I'd ever seen, because unlike – our legislation, which is generally t- we try to make it as clear and precise as possible, in both of those um, uh, statutes, there are links back and forth to different sections that you have to know what it means. And look, even okay. in, in, in 2014, the Supreme Court of Canada said this guy you know, was a security risk, remained a security risk. But here we are, you know, 18 months later, and the government still hasn't taken the steps to remove him. Okay, so, so but in 2014, program, Scott won the Supreme Court made its decision that he was an active member of al-Qaeda and a terror threat to Canada in 2014. They did it with a security certificate that had been changed and the Supreme Court approved of of the security certificate at that time. And they did say that he had active links to al-Qaeda and was a a national threat to Canada, correct? Uh, It it wasn't so much to al-Qaeda. It was the Bin Laden network. It's the same group of people. Okay. in his activities in Pakistan and his links to the... And, and alarmingly, not just what he did over there, but once he got to Canada, that was the view that he was actually a sleeper agent that was sent over here to, in effect, prepare for something, because while he was in Canada, after he got here, he was maintaining contacts with people internationally. He was also meeting people over here, as you said, um, Ahmed uh, Khadr as well, too. And that's what was part of the concern about sort of the ongoing so, post. So, Scott, what do you make then of the fact that the prime minister's brother, who once offered himself as a surety from Mohammed Harkat, if, if I recall correctly, Correct, yes. what do you make of the fact that the prime minister's brother, who's a member of the inner circle of Justin Trudeau during the election campaign, and apparently they're very close, which is the way it should be with brothers, but he bypasses every 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 in-place procedure, and he contacts, as the Prime Minister's brother, he contacts the Federal Public Safety Minister personally and directly and requests a sunny ways, I think I'm quoting accurately, um, non-deportation of Mr. Harkat to Algeria. And that that position, well, first of all, what do you make of that, that the Prime Minister's brother would, would approach the Federal Public Safety Minister directly? Let me just say that I'm willing to bet that he didn't... Uh do that uh, fresh from leaving a Mensa meeting? Okay. Um, I don't imagine the people in uh, Mr. Tr- the uh, Prime Minister's office were exactly happy when they saw Well, it has, to be, it has to be a concern. Yes, yes. I mean, they, it... And, and, and the sheer arrogance of it is, as well, too, Roy. Uh, you know, let's see, the RCMP ceases. What does Goodale do now? Agency, uh, the Supreme Court of Canada all think that this guy's a risk, but Alexandre Trudeau knows better? Uh, no thanks. And the CBSA, according to a story that ran in the, was it the Ottawa Citizen yesterday? Yes. The CBSA, the Canada Border Services Agency, which is ultimately responsible for deportations, right? Correct. So their manager of, is it danger assessment or words to that effect? Yeah, and and Roy, that's a key point here, because the Supreme Court of Canada, 18 months ago, said, 
in effect, issued a removal order. But unfortunately, under our goofy legislation, the minister now has to consider whether or not he faces a risk of uh, harm or torture if he's sent back to Algeria. Well, I want to talk to you about that. I want to talk to you about that. Let me take a break, Scott. We'll, sure. we'll talk about that aspect of the case. Mr. Harkat says that if he's returned to Algeria, he faces the potential of torture or death. That's his, one of his arguments for staying in this country. Scott Newark is with us. He was a former special advisor to a former federal public safety minister. He was also the executive director of the Canadian Police Association. We're talking about Mohamed Harkat, who the Supreme Court of Canada said is a national terror threat and uh, identified as a member of the bin Laden network. More with Scott Newark after this. Compassionate, caring, and cuddly. This is the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. You can listen back to this segment or any other at RoyGreenShow.com. In the podcast, you can download as well. Like us on Facebook. Uh, Kathy Pacey on uh, Twitter, at the Roy Green Show. Trudeau's brother should back off. The last thing we need is the PM's brother lobbying for terrorists. That's what the Supreme Court said Mr. Harkat is. I mean, I have that correctly. Scott Newark, they did label him a terrorist? They said that he had uh, he was a security threat because of his links to terrorist groups and terrorist organizations, both when he was in Pakistan and subsequently when he came to Canada. I thought they used the word terrorist threat. I'm, I, I, I want to be careful what I say. That's correct. I read terrorist threat. Uh, engaged in terrorism, that he is a danger to the security of Canada. Okay. That's a quote. Now, he says that if he's returned to Algeria, <laughs> that he's going to be facing potential torture or death. Yeah, let me just, What's the truth? Let me just comment on that for a second, because the, the funniest thing of all about this is that uh, assertion. Uh, turns out that when Ceases was listening to his phone calls... Uh, in 2001, before he was arrested on this, he was phoning back to his family in Algeria. He had just gotten married to the lady he's married to now, Sophie Harkat, here in Canada. But he was phoning back to his family in Algeria, telling them he was coming home because he wanted to get a second wife who was Algerian. So here's a guy who's supposedly, you know, afraid to go back, but he's making plans to go back and get another wife. I mean, come on. It, I, Roy, the actual judgment on this guy that was released in 2010 by Justice uh, Noel, I've never seen anything like this in all the years I've been reading uh, appellate uh, judgments. The opening paragraph by the judge of the entire judgment, 193 pages, actually the opening paragraph basically says this guy is a liar and he can't be trusted. Okay, Scott, let me just read you a line from the National Post. Sure. The case against Harkat was built on 13 wiretapped phone conversations and at least two unnamed informants, one of whom failed a lie detector test. What do we make of that? Well, that, that's part of the problem with this, what we call the secret squirrel process, right? Is that because the information isn't revealed and examined and cross-examined in the normal course of affairs, like it is in a criminal case, these kinds of things can happen, and then they become revealed, which, you know, understandably and fairly casts doubt on the credibility of the information is there. But the case against this guy is frankly so overwhelming, even that, which was not exactly something of a credit to CSIS, was not uh, sufficient to discredit the evidence uh, overall. What do you make of the fact that you've got Dennis Edney, who's the lawyer for um, Omar Cotter. That's his name, yeah. Uh, Stephen Lewis, uh, Elizabeth May. 
Maharar, all siding with uh, supporting Alexander Trudeau's um, call on the federal public safety minister not to deport Harkat. Uh, well, I think the uh, nature of the company that uh, Monsieur Alexandre Trudeau has uh, speaks for itself. I'm, I'm sorry. This one, this one is, is really quite obvious. It's it's just really unfortunate, Roy, that the process that we have in place is so bad, and it's so badly prepared in the sense of being able to deliver a result. You know, I went back and I was looking at it. Do you know how many? Uh, by the way, uh, uh, this uh, guy uh, has. Um, do you know how many lawyers he has on the on the case for him? Six, which you and I are paying for, and a total of twenty-four. I'm sure mostly publicly funded lawyers who are representing the different sort of groups opposing all of this being done. It is an absolute revolving door process, and the newest aspect of this as to whether or not he does actually face a risk and then whether the minister balances it correctly, because even if he does, we can still send him back, that itself is going back to the Supreme Court of Canada because they haven't ruled on it. So uh, we ain't done yet, folks. Nobody would be even talking about that this week. Nobody would be talking about this case if it weren't for the fact that the Prime Minister's brother took it upon himself to lobby the federal public safety minister directly. I'm going to come back full circle on this. I find that really disturbing. Yeah, I'm not sure I agree with that just simply because of the profile this case has. I've mentioned to you before, I wrote a... No, but doesn't it set a precedent? Scott, doesn't it set a precedent? Do you not have to be concerned about what Mr. Uh, Trudeau, Mr. Alexander Trudeau, might find to be personally engaging and important to him and so he can just bypass the in-place channels that are supposed to be honored? Um, Well, I'm I'm not uh, terribly surprised that... uh, uh, Mr. Trudeau has uh, shown some bad judgment. I mean, that, that happens. You can't necessarily always safeguard against that. But fortunately, we have a legal process. It's not up to Alexander Trudeau to make this decision. And, and frankly, I think Minister Goodale at Public Safety has demonstrated himself to be one of the most competent members in this new He's government. been around a long time, yeah. He's, I think he's a pretty sensible guy. And yeah, I think a so, very, too. very, very strong case I think here. so, too. I'm just, what I'm just telling you, though, is the process itself is one that is in bad need of repair. All right, so what happens now then? So if the process is not working, if it's broken, and you've got Mr. Harkat, and the case is built against him, to the point that even with a modified security certificate, the Supreme Court of Canada says, you're a danger to national security, you're identified as a member of the Bin Laden network, we essentially are we're agreeing with the judge, the federal judge in 2010, who said, you're all of these things and want you out of the country. What are the what has what's going to happen now going forward? Is the process so broken that he's just going to be fighting this for God knows how long? Yes. the The next step is that the minister is being asked to make that assessment that you referred to in the article uh, as to whether or not he actually poses uh, or he uh, faces a risk of uh, of torture or harm if he's sent back. If the minister decides that he does, there's the statute, you know, has another back door that says we can still send him back if the minister concludes that the threat that he poses to Canadian security outweighs the threat that he himself faces, and that's what will be challenged. And, in fact, they can challenge both separately, so this will ultimately end up, you can be absolutely assured, this will end up uh, back in the Supreme Court of Canada, which reminds me, as I say, of the, the line I used years ago, when he, the judgment was originally released, every time I see this guy's name in the newspaper, it reminds me of that great country and western song, how can I miss you when you never go away? Or, if you don't leave me alone, I'll find someone who will. <laughs> Unfortunately, I mean, that, that's part of this, though, is, is we really do need to realize that we need to improve the processes 
Let me just point out one other thing. He misled the uh, officials by not telling them everything he had been involved in. That's called misrepresentation under Section 40 of the same Immigration Refugee Protection Act, and he could be deported for that. We'd have been, I think, frankly, far, uh, for much farther ahead if we'd have deported him on those grounds as opposed to going this, as I, as I described, the secret squirrel route on the security certificates, because it hasn't exactly worked in getting him out of the country faster, has it? No. Scott, thank you for the time. All right, Roy. Always. Thank you, Scott Newark, former Crown Attorney, also was a special advisor to a former Canadian public safety minister federally. And uh, so Alexandra Trudeau, the Prime Minister's brother, contacting the federal public safety minister personally and looking for the uh, public safety minister to intervene so there'd be no deportation of Mohammed Harkat. There'll be much more on this case going forward. We'll come back and tell you about the next hour right after this.